0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the 12th annual Workplace Benefits Study Report by Guardian shows that overall well-being has fallen to its lowest levels since they have done this report, and that is tied to both economic and personal finance-related concerns. The impact ends up being with people's health, both mental and physical. Gene Lanzoni is head of enterprise content for Guardian and author of this report and joins us to discuss it. Gene, pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for your time today.
1: Thank you, Dan. Great to be here.
0: It it is just kind of an amazing connection here and and, and unfortunately amazing, not in in a great way all the time. Uh, Of the pressures that people feel around their finances, around what's going on in the economy, with their health and, and and how that relates. Give us a sense of the importance of doing a report like this and what you found out in this year's report specifically.
1: Sure. Uh, you know, as a company, Guardian's purpose is to inspire well-being. So the findings from this latest study, as you pointed out, are somewhat concerning because we found that workforce well-being is at a 12-year low, and that's largely because of economic and personal financial pressures, you know, concern about higher prices, ability to pay bills. We found that four in 10, and these are full-time working Americans, say they're living paycheck to paycheck. They've seen stats that are higher than that, but that's among just all adults. These are people working full-time saying that they're having a hard time uh, making ends meet uh, without working maybe multiple jobs. So financial pressures, they don't exist in a silo, though. And they are playing an outsized role in impacting employees' mental and physical health as well. So just as mind body and wallet related stressors are all interconnected, Dan, so too are the solutions for improving overall well being. And that means leveraging workplace benefits policies, creating an empathetic and flexible workplace culture. Those all go into helping support workers and their well being.
0: So Part of this, from my perspective, is obviously what the people are going through. But part of this is also the recognition by the companies of what is happening here. And and there have been, you know, the anecdotal stories, especially during the pandemic, about how companies are focusing more on the well-being of their employees because of the impacts of the pandemic. I guess yeah. the more important question is, are we at a point right now where companies are, thinking about this larger scale, and it is becoming a common element that they will factor in to the the benefits packages that they bring forward, but also their mindset about their employees right now.
1: Absolutely. Today, we find the workplace is the primary source of financial products for most working Americans. That's where most people get their insurance and their retirement savings. So, more than half of working Americans today said they would actually face financial hardship without their workplace benefits. So employers are responding. Uh, more American workers are turning to their employer and asking for help in addressing their financial concerns. Uh, but of course, employers are facing their own economic headwinds, right? Merit increases and bonuses are kind of shrinking or off the table. So offering lower cost, high impact benefits like supplemental health insurance can be an effective way to help meet employees' needs. Hospital indemnity insurance, critical illness insurance, and accident insurance are all ways to help pay for expenses that are typically not covered by a medical plan. So those are the kinds of benefits that working Americans today are looking for, and they are hoping that their employer can help provide that relief.
0: And and the issues around mental health are are drawing more and more attention right now, uh, both uh, obviously from what the the employee is feeling, but – Uh, the recognition that uh, that the company uh, sees that it is an important component here.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there was a mental health crisis well before the pandemic, but certainly COVID-19 accelerated and exacerbated the trends around mental health in this country. So more employers are certainly paying attention to that. And there are more sophisticated and robust behavioral health resources that are available for employers to make uh, available to their workforce today, and I think you're seeing more senior leadership teams recognizing the impact that poor mental health can have on productivity, right, on absenteeism as well as presenteeism, and on overall workforce health and the costs associated with that.
0: How, how then can companies assist their employees to, to set up or to have a better kind of scenario of what's going on. And part of this is also the financial security component, as you mentioned before, is, is I think if they feel more financially secure, that's obviously taking one level of issue that they have or may have been dealing with off the table.
1: Yeah, that's right. When we ask questions in the study about what are the top sources of stress in their life, they're all mostly financial-related at the top of that list. So there are concerns about economy that were expressed, inflation, uh, about paying down debt uh, naturally. Uh, but, you know, it's also about making sure that workers are aware of the various financial benefits available to, them, to the workplace. And you were just having a conversation earlier about AI, uh, a more data-driven and AI-driven approach to benefits education. And communication and enrollment is really needed. And we're starting to see more of that in the uh, market today. You know, helping workers better understand and make the right decisions about these valuable benefits that are available to them and to their families. Because too often workers are leaving money on the table. They're missing out on valuable benefits because the communication of those benefits was either ineffective or non existent. So people need more personalized information, right time, right channel to ensure that the employer's investments in all of these benefits is actually paying off.
0: And so that component of the use of AI would come from which side of the equation here? Would it come from the company? Would it come from the company that is putting forth the benefits package? How would that play out, do you think?
1: Uh, Through companies that are providing the benefits, uh, as well as through third parties, benefits administration, platforms, uh, that are making this kind of data uh, available for employers to access and be able to offer a more enhanced uh, benefits enrollment experience, where employees are being guided a little bit more through personalized information. You know, getting getting personalized recommendations based on information that they're willing to provide about their own situation.
0: And there are still millions of people out there that don't have access to to, to traditional benefits to begin with.
1: That's right. And in small businesses, which may not offer life insurance, disability insurance, retirement plans, and that's another issue contributing to the lower financial wellness scores that we're seeing. And during the pandemic, some of those companies were forced to stop offering benefits. Many of those companies went out of business. Many of these Workers are now working reduced hours or had to find new work at lower salaries. So all of those things are kind of contributing to that declining financial wellness that we're seeing in this year's study.
0: So does the structure of how everything is both brought forward and understood, is that need a tweak as we move forward here?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I I think the emphasis really needs to be on, first of all, are you offering the right benefits for your workforce, really understanding the composition of your workforce? What are their needs? But then making sure that you're delivering a benefits experience that will really help the workforce understand what's available to them and take advantage of it. And I think there really is a lot of technology. And again, talking about AI, what technology can do to really improve that benefits experience which includes from the very beginning just being aware and then signing up for benefits that are the right fit for workers and their families
0: that's huge. but it sounds like it it sounds like at least there is an understanding that this is an area that has to be addressed both from obviously from the employee side but from the company side as well
1: yeah, absolutely and you're seeing more companies as you said, they focusing on workforce well-being. They're, they want to be attracting talent by having a culture of caring, and that includes an empathetic and flexible workplace culture with policies and benefits that support workers. And again, a lot of this really changed. I mean, it was a, it was a tipping point during the pandemic in terms of you know, what workers are expecting in terms of work-life harmony.
0: How much then do we still need to develop this process, do you think, in the, near, in the near future? And I say that near future because realistically, even with the cost increases we've seen with a lot of these benefits plans, uh, the, the need is immediate in many cases. Yeah, and
1: again, I think that the number of solutions, the kinds of uh, resources that employers can make available today, is really much further ahead than it was before the pandemic. I think, you know, many companies have responded to what we're seeing in terms of financial wellness, in terms of mental wellness, and the challenges that many working Americans are facing. And so there are more options available for employers to be able to support their workforce with more affordable kinds of solutions that, again, are technology-driven, and that is making it more affordable even for smaller businesses to take advantage of these kinds of tools.
0: Because if, especially for small businesses, those are, are areas that I think at times where you can see the, uh, the potential fall through the cracks at times because I think the expectation is that with maybe fewer resources, the small business doesn't have the opportunity to provide the same type of experience that a big big firm would be able to
1: yeah, and one of the trends that we're seeing in the market is professional employer organizations, right? So organizations that are able to make benefits available to small businesses that are more reflective of large company benefits, as you say. So small business but big benefits made available through these professional employer organizations where it's it's a pooling concept. So these small businesses can access uh, benefits and, and platforms that enable them to deliver a benefits experience for their smaller workforce that looks more like what you might get if, if you were in a Fortune 100 company.
0: We talked about AI briefly before, but uh, is AI the area that seemingly has the opportunity to be able to uh, make a significant impact uh, as we move forward with a lot of these concerns here in the next few years?
1: Yeah, I mean, as I said, I think AI can play a big role in a number of ways in insurance. But when we talk about benefits and making sure people are well protected and are enrolling in the benefits that are really the best fit for them and their families, uh, I think AI will play a big role in providing a more kind of personalized, guided experience uh, to make sure that workers understand the benefits that are available and take advantage of them.
0: Gene, thanks for your time today. All the best.
1: All right. Thank you, Dan. And best to you and happy
0: Thanksgiving. Thank you. You as well. Gene Lenzani, who is the head of enterprise content for Guardian. To explore more content from the Wharton School, visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.